0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 71, Step Parenting from Love. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I think we all know that parenting can be hard, but from what I've heard, step-parenting is even harder. Think of some of the struggles that you face with your children. Maybe it's dealing with sassy attitudes or figuring out the rules and expectations that you want to have in your home, and then imagine trying to navigate all of that with children who also have another parent or set of parents and another home that they may live in part of the time. I can only imagine how complicated that must get and how many big emotions are involved. So, for the stepmoms out there listening to 3 and 30, I want you to know that I see you and I know that this is a really complicated thing that you're dealing with. And many of you have emailed me asking for an episode. Talking about step parenting. And I reached out to someone who's a friend and a mentor to me. And I know that you'll feel the same way about her after listening today. Her name is Amanda Louder. She's a life coach and a podcaster whose mission is to live from love. And I think you'll see that in her takeaways today about step parenting. She's a mom of three and a stepmom of two. And I'm so excited to welcome her to three and thirty. So hi, Amanda. Hi, Rachel. Yeah, so we've gotten to know each other online because we're both podcasters, but um, you have gone above and beyond to reach out and support me during hard times. I almost put this in your little bio there introducing you <laughs> that you are also a chronic kidney stone sufferer like I am. I am
1: yes yes I've had over 45 stones over the course of the last 20 years
0: oh and I yeah. like I'm like should I put that in her bio probably not but I feel like that like you've reached out to me when I've been in my kidney stone traumas and supported me and given me advice on how to deal with it and that's just like who you are, reaching out and helping other people. And so I'm so excited to have you on to help and teach the stepmoms out there who may be struggling to know how to navigate this pretty complicated relationship.
1: It is a very complicated relationship and I still struggle to navigate it. So just because I've got this advice doesn't mean that I'm perfect at it and that it's smooth sailing all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that's
0: true. So... I, as I was preparing for this, I thought clearly, step parenting is is different than parenting, and somebody who hasn't been a step parent may think, well, how is it like? Why would we need a separate episode for this? You know, but I mean, I sort of alluded to that in the intro. But how is step parenting different from parenting?
1: because unless the biological parent is has passed away or something you know you're just another person in their life and you're not you may step into the parenting role sometimes but you aren't necessarily the parent. And it's kind of hard to navigate that space and figure out what your role is in that child's life and you know who you want to be. So I have two stepdaughters and their mom is very much present in their life. And their dad, my husband, is probably the best father I've ever met in my life he's amazing. So I don't think they really need another parent per se. So for me, it's I see myself as another person in their life who loves them Mm -hmm. and they can come to me with whatever they need and I will show them love no matter what.
0: Mm. I love that. And that, like I said, that goes right back to your mission to live from love. That advice does. And I'm so excited to hear your three takeaways on this. So let's just jump right in and tell us your first takeaway about being a
1: stepmom. Okay. So before I jump in, I just want to say Every family and every step family is a different situation. So don't compare yourself and think that you need to do things the normal way. Embrace the idea that you will find the way that works best for you and your family.
0: I think that's really important. Even, even with your um, advice today, like it may or may not totally apply to different families.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And so...
0: Thanks for pointing that out at the beginning.
1: While these takeaways, I think, will work for most, they're not going to work for all. Okay, great. So my first takeaway is uh, to treat your stepchildren as equals to your own children. Give them the same amount of love, responsibility, and discipline as you would your own. And that's kind of a tricky one because discipline really should come from the biological parent only until a relationship of trust is built. I think it's okay to enforce house rules, but disciplining itself should be done by the biological parents. And it's totally okay to step back as a step parent and let the actual parents parent.
0: So you would have your husband, who's their biological father, Talk to them or about the issues that may be happening in your home, and they may yeah. be your family's rules, but he needs to be the one. Doing the disciplining or having that relationship with them.
1: Right. And that doesn't mean, so I, in my situation, I am the adult that is most present in their life. They see me and spend time with me more than any other adult in their life. They, because their dad works, their mom also works full time. And when they're with their mom, then a lot of times they're with their grandparents, actually. So I am the adult that's most present in their life. And that doesn't mean that I don't, enforce our house rules like if they're breaking a house rule i will say okay you know that this is a house rule so you know this is what i need you to do but when it comes down to actually disciplining or pointing out behavior that needs to change i usually leave that to my husband or we do it together it's Mm -hmm. not just coming from me Okay. I think that's really important. I do really feel like it's important to treat them like they're your own children, except for probably in the discipline aspect. You can't expect necessarily to be their mom, especially if their mom is very present in their life. You know, if their mom isn't, then that you may take on more of that role. But I do think it's very important to show them that you love them. And that might be hard sometimes. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) That might be hard, Um, especially if they're, you know, acting out or, you know, they are not being kind to you or being kind to your own children. But I think that if you treat them like you love them, even if that love isn't there yet, that love will grow. But if you don't, then resentment tends to grow instead.
0: Mm. That reminds me of a beautiful blog post that I read a few years ago, and I'll link it, by Katie Davis. She is a young woman and she is is lives in Uganda. She's American, but after high school, she went to Uganda to do some service work and then just ended up staying. And she's adopted like 13 Ugandan children.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. And she wrote a post called Love is a Thing That Grows. Yes. And she talked about how in adoption you you know you hear these stories of like falling in love at first sight and different things and how that hasn't been the case with all of the children that she's adopted but that love is a thing that grows and it's just so beautiful how
1: she words it and i'll link that in this Absolutely. podcast and i think making sacrifices for them really helps love to grow it builds that love so In our specific situation, my husband goes to work very, very early. And so I am responsible for getting the kids off to school. And we have 50-50 custody of my stepdaughters. And they go to school where their mom lives, which is 40 minutes away. So Mm. I drive them to school 40 minutes, two to three days a week. And I could really, you know, grow to resent that and be really frustrated with that and stuff. And instead, I've chosen to think about it as a great way to spend time with them, to build a relationship with them. And then like on the way home, I get to listen to my favorite podcasts and Mm, bonus different audiobooks (laughs) and different things like that. So I really have chosen to look at it as a way to build that relationship instead of like, Oh, I have to do this. And that just that attitude really, really helps. I also love to go and spend time watching their different events. My 14-year-old stepdaughter is a huge athlete. She plays three competitive sports. And If I have to miss one of her things, I'm like devastated because I absolutely love going to watch her play. But that doesn't mean that there's not huge sacrifices on my part and even on my kids' parts because I often have to leave them home to go and watch her play or drag them along with me. But... I feel like going to support her shows her how much I care about her and how much I love her and it really helps to build our relationship. One thing that I,
0: as I wrote kind of your intro and outline, I struggled a little bit to know what to call your stepchildren versus and what to call you. Like, so... Are they, do you just call them your children? Do you call them your stepchildren? Most of the time.
1: Yeah. Most of the time, they're just my kids. Um, My husband and I have been married for six and a half years. When we got married, they were three and seven. And so you know i feel like they're just my kids really i right. i treat them like my kids i love i honestly don't think that i could love them any more than if they came from my own body mm. so and i think you know you having adopted your son you kind of know how that feels like you oh. love him just as much as you love sally and yes. And I feel the same way about these girls that I do about my own kids. Like they are mine. And I know that I didn't give birth to them, but I truly, truly feel that they were meant for me and, and I was meant to be in their life.
0: I love that. And that that is what I was thinking about as I as I wrote this is I'm like, I see so many parallels to adoption and even navigating the relationship with birth parents, although it is it is different. There's big differences. But um yeah. But there's also similarities. I, but there's also similarities. And, um, but I do think that verbiage is important and verbiage can be important to the children, like that yes. they want to maintain a difference between their mom and their stepmom. Some children might want to. Um, and I've seen that in adoption. People will say, they'll call, Katie Noah's birth mom they'll say you know Noah's mom and then they're like oh I'm sorry you're Noah's mom and I'm like you know actually I'm fine with that because she is Noah's mom like she was his first mother um but a lot of adoptive parents aren't fine with that so words can get tricky you know so what's your advice on that
1: I think it needs to be child-led we as the adults just need to be okay with whatever they're most comfortable with. You know, like I said, my my girls, they very much have their mom in their life and their mom is their mom and I am their stepmom and they, they call me Amanda. And that is totally fine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even people that know me and don't know their mom will say to them, Oh, well, your mom will bring you. And they're like, yeah, she's my stepmom because they're Mm -hmm. very protective of their mom. And I could choose to, you know, be upset about that or get offended about that. And it's just something that I choose not to do. Like I get to, it's a blessing that I get to be in their life. And Mm -hmm. that's how I choose to see it. And so there's just not that frustration or resentment or anything about names or whatever i mean i often get called my my kids have a different last name than i do now and i still get called their last name all the time and i'm like no big deal don't worry about it like it's just i'm i'm their mom doesn't matter what you call me (laughs) yeah
0: well and i i think it's interesting and cool what you said there of like you think of them as your kids and you just call them your kids but you're also okay with it that they make that distinction that you're their stepmom it's yeah it it doesn't change the love you have for them it doesn't change the love they have for you it's just words
1: yep totally (laughs) totally yeah, so I think one more point to that one is keeping equality between your stepchildren and your biological children helps them create a relationship too. It helps them create that mutual love and respect for each other when they're not seeing one favored over the other.
0: I'm sure so, that's true. Yes. Yeah. So you just would you just when they're in your home they're just your kids. So like if yeah. you were deciding what sports events to go to if you had multiple or different things. It'd just be like you're making the decision just like you would if with all with your biological children. You just
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. If there's two things at once, you know, sometimes we have to divide and conquer just like you would with two biological children. But if at all possible, I love to go see her play because she's amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so that was to treat them as as equal to your own children. That was the first takeaway. What's yes. your second takeaway?
1: The second one pertains more to the other parent. So um, for me, it's their dad. And number two is understand that he was their dad first.
0: Hmm.
1: He was there before you. So a lot of times that relationship has to take priority over your relationship. And I know that sounds really funny. Like, I mean, I totally believe that marriage should be first and the kids come second. But sometimes he has to make that relationship the priority and that's okay. Mm. That was a big one for me to learn.
0: (laughs) Yeah. His relationship with them needs to come first sometimes even before his relationship with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, you know... I mean, he was their dad first, and they didn't choose you; he did. So he mm-hmm. needs to he needs to make that relationship a priority and make sure that they know that they are still very important to him. And sometimes with custody and different things, like he spends a lot of time away from me. Um, like he works. You know, we're um, in the same city that they go to school in, which is like 40 minutes away. And so he'll go and pick them up from school, but then they don't go to their mom's until late that night. So he spends all afternoon with them out in Salt Lake. And, you know, I'm here with my kids, or sometimes my kids are not here, but sometimes I'll go out there and spend time with them and be involved. And, but sometimes I just let him have his time with his kids and so that they can continue their relationship without me. Sometimes it's more of a family thing and sometimes it's him and his kids. Hmm. And so it's, I mean, I feel like as I hear this, I'm like, this
0: is so healthy. Like this mindset that you have is so healthy. Um, Has it been hard to get to that point? Have you had moments where you've been resentful or you've had to work through some of these complicated emotions?
1: Of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I'm human. Um, But you know, I kind of set out with these certain ideas and expectations in my head that made it a lot easier. That doesn't mean that I don't have my moments. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. definitely have those. But, you know, remembering how important it is to love them and I love him and this is the best possible solution. I want him to be happy. I want them to be happy. I want myself to be happy. And sometimes that means sacrifice.
0: Yeah. And I think going into a second marriage with these points in mind probably really helps when you do feel that resentment and those natural things creep up, which will happen. Everyone will feel those things. Yeah. You can, you can sort of check yourself and be like, hold up. Like they were, yeah. they, he was their dad first. So, yep. so you kind of like can remind yourself and get back in alignment with what your actual values are.
1: Yeah. And I really think that thoughts of gratitude really help specifically with this one. Like, I am so grateful that he is an amazing dad and wants to spend time with his kids. Like, mm. that makes him a better husband. You know, he's a great dad, and I am grateful for that. So, I could either resent it and be frustrated about it, or I can just be grateful. And I'd much rather feel grateful.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. But I,
1: I'll tell you a little story. It was funny. So this is when we were very first married and our youngest was just three years old and she did not like having me around. She did not like someone else taking her daddy's attention. Hmm. And there were a lot of times where she tried as a three-year-old to have a power struggle with me. There was one time where she did not want me to unbuckle her from her car seat She only wanted her dad and he had already gone inside and she would not let me unbuckle her. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll send your dad out. And I just walked in and I'm like, when you feel like it, you can go unbuckle her. She didn't want me to unbuckle her. (laughs) And we just kind of laughed about it. Yeah. But then lots of times, even still when we've been married this long, that she like, we'll be, you know, walking and holding hands and she'll come and separate us and want to hold his (laughs) hand, but she doesn't want to hold my hand. (laughs) And that's fine. It's fine. But he was a dad first, and she had his attention first. And it's okay if she still wants it sometimes. And I don't always have to be included.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I love that example you gave because I think that that's very natural behavior for a three-year-old who who doesn't have a step-parent involved. But just, I know my kids have been like, they go through these phases where they're like, only daddy can do that or only mommy can yeah. do that. And... um I as a biological parent I'm always just like I just stand my ground. I'm like, "Nope, I'm going to unbuckle you and you're going to get over it, you know? Um yeah. we're not doing this." But I think that it's very important what it kind of goes back to your earlier takeaway that um the disciplining needs to come from that biological parent and also in this case If that's what she wants is her dad, then respect that, especially in those early stages of them getting adjusted to having a step parent. Wouldn't you say that's true?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, let her win the power struggle. Let her have her daddy. (laughs) Absolutely. I do not need to be in a power struggle with a (laughs) three-year-old. Especially, yeah, not about unbuckling our car seat. Yeah. That's not, that's not the hill to die on. Uh, Some other ones I might fight. That one, not (laughs) going to (laughs) fight.
0: Totally. And I love that you could see that it was just an indication of her kind of trying to figure out how things were going to go with this new family scenario and set up and, um, just being understanding and not getting offended by children's behavior. It's, yes. you know, you can't take it personally.
1: Yeah. And that is um, a great point that, like, you kind of have to figure out that new dynamic, which leads me into my third takeaway, which mm-hmm. is try and find a new family culture. When you're blending families, you often come with two separate cultures and trying to navigate you know, how you're going to blend that can be a challenge. The family that me and my kids came from, we liked to watch movies and TV and that was like our bonding time. And my husband and his girls, they would spend a lot more time like outdoors, like fishing and camping and sports and stuff. And my kids didn't mesh in very well with that. And his didn't mesh in very well with mine. And so we've had to come up with a new family culture which has not been easy but it's coming along (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. and this is something that we've can we connected with over instagram um i can't even remember what the beginning how this started but anyway eventually i asked you to share your like was it family values or your family you have like a printed um Yes, thing that you hang and you shared it with me on Instagram, and then I shared it. And I will, if you'll send me a picture of it, I will put it in the show notes of this episode as well. But explain what that is that you have hanging on your wall.
1: Yeah, so we sat down. Um, I realized that like things were really struggling, and so last January we sat down um, as a family and came up with values and goals that we could all work on together. And so we kind of threw out a bunch of different values, all of us, and then we voted and narrowed it down to seven. And then we came up with specific things and goals that we wanted to under those seven things. So we said, as a family, we are self-reliant. So we chose to grow a garden, which we do every year, and put together our 72-hour kits. That was Mm. what we did for self-reliance. Number two is we are adventurous. We like to try new things and go to new places. And this has been like a hard thing for like my kids are, have tended to be more picky about food and trying new foods has been really hard for them. But because like we have this value as a family, then they're like, okay, I'll try it, which has Mm. been really helpful. Um, the third thing is that we are respectful and this is one of the things that we've had a harder time with like kids respecting boundaries for each other, like walking into each other's rooms. I have a couple of kids who love to take long showers and then they like use up all the hot water, which is not very respectful of other people who need to take showers. So that kind of encompassed that. Um, we said we are learners. We work hard in school. We like to read books. We like to learn new things. Um, Number five was we're optimistic. We like to look for the positive in others and situations. And this has been a big one for our family because, you know, a lot of times it's nitpicking, you know, what the other person's doing, what the other kid's doing, different things, but just have a more optimistic outlook on each other as a family has been really helpful Um, number six is we are service oriented look for ways to be helpful around the house and in our community and this has been great because the kids are now much more likely like when dinner's over everybody gets up rinses off their plate puts it in the dishwasher helps put food away until the kitchen's clean most Every night, which is great. (laughs) And then the last one is the one that really tied us together. It's really what we all had in common to begin with, and that we focus on to bring us closer to a family as a family is that we are Christ centered. So we are very much a religious family. Um, Church is important, scripture reading, family prayers, different things are all important to us. And that's what truly, truly brought us together.
0: Hmm. I love that. And I mean, I think that's such a valuable exercise for all families. Yeah. And in the case of step families, you just do you just feel like doing that together um, brought more unity to, to the step siblings?
1: Yes. And helped us. And as step parents, too, helped us to see what's important to each of our kids, what mm. they see as valuable, and how they want to, in particular, contribute to the family. Mm,
0: I love that. And one question I had as you were talking, describing the kids nitpicking each other and being disrespectful, and I'm I do think that that is incredibly common in all homes. Yes. Do you think that it's sibling dynamics are even harder between step
1: step siblings? Have you seen that play out? What does that look like? Yes and no. Um, yes, because you know my my kids have different biology than my stepkids. And so like I have one son who is very, very much like his dad who, you know, is not in our home. And so there's things that he does that's very much like his dad that I don't have seem to have a problem with because I lived with his dad for so long and his brother and sister don't have a problem with because they're used to it too. But yet my husband and my stepkids, like it drives them crazy.
0: So just <laughs>
1: recognizing those, you know, and I mean, that can happen within a regular family too, but just recognizing those and saying, okay, this is who we are and we're going to love and respect and and understand that it's okay to be different. But I also feel like in some ways my kids get along better than traditional siblings because they also have time apart. Um, Mm. I, so I have 50-50 custody of my stepdaughters, and I have primary custody of my kids, which means that they go to their dads usually one night a week and every other weekend. So they're here primarily. But because they have that break from each other, then they seem to really get along well. Um, I actually have two kids, a biological kid and a stepkid that are the exact same age. They're in the same grade. They were born the same year. They're about seven months apart, and it's a boy and a girl. and. and. And they are the best of friends because I think they have a lot in common, but they also get that time apart. So I find them fighting more when they've been together for a long period of time, but then they have that break and then they come back and everything's good again. Mm. So
0: Yeah. And I love that you're pointing out something that's great about um, being a step family. I think it's probably very easy to think about all the challenges that you're facing as a step family, but there's also some really cool things and great things about being a step family.
1: There is. There is. We we get introduced to a whole lot of different things coming from two different cultures and two different ways of doing things. And I think it's for the betterment of everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Amanda, I just love your positive outlook on everything in life. And I want you to tell people a little bit about what you do, your podcast, your life coaching so that they can find you if they want more help from you.
1: Sure. So you can find me at Amanda Louder Coaching on Instagram. I, um, like you said, I'm a life coach. I primarily work with LDS women who are struggling in their marriage, but I'm happy to coach on just about anything. But the reason why I focused on that is because I've been through a hard marriage. I was married to my first husband for 13 years and it was not easy. And I really, once I got remarried, I struggled again and not that we were going to get a divorce or anything, but I just realized marriage is hard. So I better figure this out and figure out how to be happy in my current situation. And I have, which I, I love my husband and, it's a great marriage but it's marriage is still hard even when it's great so that i coach women on that primarily and um i have a podcast it's called live from love like you said and mm-hmm. um, i would love for people to take a listen it's most it's self improvement which helps you improve your marriage Perfect. Well,
0: thank you so much for coming on. And if you could recap your three takeaways for those who are listening, that would be awesome.
1: Yes. Uh, Number one is treat them as equal to your own children. Give them the same amount of love, responsibility, and discipline. Number two is understand that he was their dad first. And number three is try to find a new family culture.
0: All right. I love those. I know they're going to be so helpful to so many step parents out there. And for everyone listening, if you are not a step parent, but you know someone who's in that situation, please pass this along. And Amanda, thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Rachel.
0: I want to thank Amanda for coming on and sharing her three takeaways about step parenting with us. It is so important to me that you know that no matter what your family situation or your motherhood looks like, you have a place here in the 3 and 30 community, and it's my greatest hope that 3 and 30 will be a hub of resources for all sorts of moms in all sorts of situations to come and to find great advice and wisdom and further resources that they can look into beyond just the podcast. So with that in mind, I reached out to a stepmom who I greatly admire, Georgia Anderson from No how mom tips, and asked her what additional resources on step parenting she would recommend for the three and thirty community. And she mentioned that there is a online conference going on right now called Parenting After Divorce, which she has found excellent and useful. So I looked it up, and it's at the website raisingblendedfamilies.com. I will put that in the show notes. And it is a conference totally free with lots of different speakers, counselors, lawyers, all sorts of people about how to have a positive relationship with your ex, how to co-parent and parent well after divorce. It looks so excellent. It's only going on for one more week. So if you are a step-parent or you know someone who's a step-parent, please pass along this resource to them, RaisingBlendedFamilies.com. I love our guest Amanda Lauder's mission to live from love. And I hope that you will think about that this week as you interact with your children. Just remember to do everything from love. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next Monday on
1: 3 and 30.